1: $45 upfront for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
3: If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss.
0: Here we go.
2: Francis? Yeah, I'm here.
0: Hey. Hey. Another day, another dollar, right?
2: Or oh, another day, another podcast.
0: Yeah. But uh, also... What, what dollars are uh, we making today? Do you know that over 40% of every dollar ever uh, created was created in the last uh, 12 months? Really? Yep, 40%. Do you know where 40, that 40% went? Where? Well, where, w- w- what's been at all-time highs recently? Politics? No, the stock market.
2: Uh, okay Okay. the stock market politics has all been an all-time high at the moment has it
0: (laughs) (laughs) you love politicians don't you (laughs) who's your favorite one uh blair matt hancock isn't it (laughs) you love matt hancock what is it about him that you love so much
2: (laughs) i tell you what i tell you what is um you know 95 percent of photos ever taken in history were taken last year
0: why? What were they photographing?
2: <laughs> it was just all the iPhones. Everyone's got iPhones. Everyone's got iPhones? <laughs> well lots of people have cameras on everyone.
4: Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> <Maybe. laughs> everyone in your world has iPhones.
0: <laughs> Do you know that that, um, that I think it's something like eight or, or eight or nine out of ten phones on the planet are Androids? Smartphones. Oh they really? yes uh, yeah <laughs> yeah iPhones are like a real minority in the, in the world really yeah but they're just like obviously the most expensive and like nicest
2: no they're not the most expensive and nicest are they yeah I mean what what's um what's
0: you know Samsung's you... an Android yeah Samsung's Samsung are, are you 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 a big fan of Samsung so? you love
2: Samsung don't you
0: Oh no! I had Samsungs when I was living in Africa. I had a, I had a uh, Samsung because there weren't many a- iPhones down there, so it's dif- difficult to find a charger. You know, at the local uh, spot.
2: <laughs> What's the local spot? <laughs> what the store you mean? <laughs>
0: no, no. You know, like out in the out in the bush if I was going for a drink. You know, <laughs>
2: What's the a, local spot? Like the like the like the bar?
0: Like a little bar in the in the village.
2: Oh, I thought, I didn't know what you were talking about. Like I thought you were saying. So if about... I
0: came to them and said, "Look, I want to charge my iPhone." <laughs> Um, they'd have been like, know, get they'd out be like, here. well, there are power surges. It's going to fry it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: fry it? <laughs>
0: fry yeah, right I fried it. my battery out there. But uh, <laughs> so I, so everyone, but everyone has Samsung, so I, so I was able to use their chargers.
2: Do you remember that time when you had that New Year's out there and it was raining and the power cut was out and you were by yourself and you were just like, this is not how I want to spend my New Year's? No, no, no it wasn't.
0: <laughs> it, was it New New Year's? But but uh, the power went off and my generator got stolen. When I had um, typhoid, yeah
2: that was it yeah, you really weren't well. It's not a good place to be in. I was, was
0: going to I thought I was going to die. I was like hallucinating and like it was really it's yeah, yeah.
2: not good. in the middle of the jungle, middle of the Ghanaian jungle. So, I,
0: in the middle of the Ebola crisis as well <laughs> no. so I wasn't So actually, do you know what? like maybe I'm a bit like uh you know desensitized to uh viruses. That's true.
2: Hey, uh, hey! Welcome, private partners, back to another bonus episode today of uh, Private Parts. Um, we covered a lot
0: in that intro, I have to say. What just now? Yeah, right now.
2: Yeah, well, listen, Till, buddy, we're four now. minutes in. We're four minutes in. That's what happens when you join our podcast.
0: Hey, but I've got, have got a present. We we they, we got sent a present. Maybe oh, uh, should we open it now? Um, should I go get it?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go and get it. All
0: right. Okay. Stay there.
2: Okay, I'll, I, won't, I won't go anywhere. I'm staying right here, buddy. While well, he's gone, um, what should we talk about? Talk about that we had our 200th episode last Friday. Thank you for everyone. I do want to say a big thank you to you, Private Parties, for uh, tuning in. If you were here from the beginning for all 200 episodes, we've actually done more than 200 episodes because we've had bonus episodes, but we've had 200 Friday episodes, and our 200th one was on last Friday with Giovanni from Strictly, Alex Mitten from Maine Chelsea and Tom Lucy, the comedian, all good friends of ours and friends of the podcast. So I want to say a big thank you to you guys um, for, hold on, hold on, I'm just saying a big thank you to everyone quickly, Francis, and, and a, a big thank you from France I, the whole team who create this podcast, um, you guys rock, and it, we wouldn't be doing this without you, so hopefully here's to another 200 more episodes, and to you guys keep listening, because it really does mean everything, you Private partners, it really does. Yeah. Okay, so Francis and I have got sent a card. It says, you could start charging people for all of these nice things you do. That's the card it says in the front. Yeah, that's what's an, is there money in it? Is there cash in it? No. Oh.
0: I, um, I mean, not right now, but in the future. Thank you. Tracy. So that's from Tracy. Oh, thanks, Tracy. She says, hey, boys. I'm sending you some things to say thank you for being a light in my world and making me smile whenever I listen to you. I know if I need to be picked up, you are one of my go-to podcasts. You complement each other perfectly and are so funny separately and together. I love the way Jamie gets set off laughing at just about anything. I love how Francis seems so blasé when he talks about things that he makes up. At least I think that he's making them up. But I'm rather confused at times. Sending Jamie some Pokemon toys I bought, I think in t- 2012 at McDonald's, and recently found in the closet thought he might like them (laughs) Francis do you want them
2: yeah I do want them I would like them
0: Francis they actually are in the packaging as well so they're probably valuable uh Francis I know you must miss seeing uh your little buddy in person so I have enclosed a cute little blonde from Chelsea for you to have as a playmate
2: do you want to see oh what
0: Right. It really looks
2: like you. Oh, there's a little doll with blonde hair for you. to It keep. actually
0: really looks like you. That
2: does it. Like. Can you send me a pi- Can you send me a picture of that? I would love that. Yeah. Will you send me a video of um,
0: it? Uh, I've also sent you both hoodies from my state of Arkansas. I guess I guessed at large, but not sure about your sizes. She guessed way off with you. Wasn't you're, you're an extra small. <laughs> not sure, but who will like which colour? But I was kind of thinking, Francis seemed like a blue guy, and Jamie a maroon guy.
2: <laughs> What's a maroon! I hate Moo Who likes maroon? You, you should, oh, that's <laughs> mean. Maroon's red, to, though. Thought, I like. She's the thought that counts. Wouldn't you just say red? Thank you. She that's just sent so you current. a gift.
0: You were just. Oh, sorry. No, thank you, so you, you, thank you so much.
2: Thank you. Hate her gift. Th- th- I don't hate that. I didn't say that once. I didn't say I hated
0: her gift. I said I liked it. You could take the one you like. Anyway, I'll sign off now. Keep up the good work of, uh, of bringing joy to adults and slumber to babies everywhere. With appreciation. Oh, that is. Tracy Allen Goodson. Uh, Instagram. Thanks, Tracy. Tar Goodson1.
2: Listen, can I? I'm going to tell you this, Francis, how epic this is. So, not only, you're going to love this, by the way. You're going to love this. Not only do we entertain people, hopefully, every single week. And we have done for a while. We also create relationships. Yeah. Do you want to hear something epic?
0: Yeah, let's see.
2: Let's, <laughs> let's <it>. see? <laughs> okay, let's hear Show it. Show me. Tom, Luce, Tom Lucy, friend of the podcast. Big shout out to you, Tom. We love yeah. you, buddy. Uh, this, you know, he's been on the podcast a few times. And there was a person who, he was on the podcast last, who sent him a message and he oh, replied... Yeah because he was on private parts and they're now dating really yeah oh yeah, yeah. they're now dating and not only that this person used to listen to the podcast with tom where we had his first one about two years ago and she really loved the episode so whenever she felt down or anything, she used to listen to it and made her happy and now they're dating through wow. private parts
0: that is cool yeah Wait. isn't
2: that epic so wait, so so she just
0: she just randomly listened to an episode and heard Tom and then messaged him.
2: Yeah, well she 2 years ago she listened to it. She's big she likes podcasts. She then uh, listened to Tom the other day and saw a picture of him cuz we put a picture on him. And she's like, "Oh, he's quite hot." And then now they're dating. Wow, that's is, that's is heartwarming. Yeah, that is freaking heartwarming. So what we do on the podcast people, that's what we do. Tom, uh, and Tom you're, Tom, you're welcome. Tom, you're welcome. Tom, you're welcome you owe us Invoices hey listen in uh private partners we have a bonus episode today but it's a really great bonus episode and it's a longer one because we not only do have a guest but we always all, also chat about a lot of important subjects including blm and uh just racism in general i think and and it's always good when we have on private parts when we actually delve into these tough topics um And get educated on them. Um, So it's a really good one today with Dane Baptiste. He's been on the podcast before, hilarious comedian. He has a show out at the moment on BBC3 and BBC iPlayer. Famous. Tackles a lot of really tough subjects, really interesting subjects, really important issues and also makes it incredibly funny at the same time. Go and check it out. BBC3 and BBC iPlayer at the moment. This was a great episode, wasn't it, Francois? It
0: It was a great, it was an excellent one.
2: It was an excellent one. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, uh, here's the bonus episode of Private Pass with Dane Baptiste. Everybody, enjoy. Enjoy. So, Dane, whenever I have you on the podcast, I feel like you feel intimidated.
4: That sometimes, yeah. yeah.
2: Because you know, I'm, I'm, I'm
4: cool. Jack. Yeah, cool, cool, <laughs> affable, great cadence, probing with the questions. The, the windows to the soul, so piercing, man. Just taking, taking a swim in Jamie Lang's eyes is what I'm
2: doing right now. <laughs> Do you remember the last time you were on, We got real deep at some points. We got
4: real deep in the podcast, didn't we? Super deep. I think well, I set a standard, though. I think that moving forward, everybody got a little bit deeper who came on following that.
2: Does that mean you and I have to go deep in this one? Is that what we have to do?
4: Uh, for me, it's about consent. If you feel good about me going deep, then it's
2: fine. <laughs> if... Listen, you don't even have to ask with me. With me, it's just you just got to go straight in. And if I say at some point, you know, whoa, that's too much because we've gone
4: too <laughs> deep, then you'll know. <laughs> you'll know, right? Yeah, and that's me, when
2: you let me know, <laughs> pull back a bit.
4: Yeah, right? exactly, exactly. That's how it works. That's how exactly how it works. So yeah if it gets uh too deep let me know and uh yeah I'll, I'll 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 pull out
2: do we have do we have like a safety word is that what we do do we have something like oklahoma if we start to go too deep i'll shout oklahoma and then
4: yeah that's that that, that sounds good um i'll say dakota and then we both do a single state because <laughs> yeah, yeah. we both have real connection yeah. with oklahoma and,
2: oklahoma and dakota Exactly, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude also listen, I, I I gotta switch around because actually I'm intimidated by you because is it true you're the um six hundredth and seventy fourth most influential <laughs> black person on television, is that right?
4: Uh not one took my own horn, but you have the events. Yeah. Currently I believe that I am now six hundred and seventy four in the league table of black excellence in the united kingdom now what? Yeah. why am i not in this league table i don't understand hey you might be you might be you just have to go through the whole thing jamie so essentially this is all from a uh a, a mechanism i put together which is called the Nasdaq. now the Nasdaq works for like the nasdaq which is a stock index of uh blue chip and successful companies in the us and mm-hmm. Nasdaq is the uh black chip index of uh movers and shakers uh who are part of black and british culture so when I put that together, I didn't really take the time to think about where I'd be sitting on that. So currently 674th, which puts me above Tiny Tempers Barber, just below Trevor McDonald's travel agent, um, <laughs> but doing very well. And also, like, you know, I'm, I'm probably not too far off Skeptious Stylist. So we're getting there. It's all a work in progress. Skeptious Stylist. Wait, so who's number one in the list? Apparently number one is Marcus Rashford uh for his uh really? his for his youth his youth is wealth and potential and most of all the fact that he's been able to balance his uh amazing work as an athlete uh, and use his platform for his humanitarian work in terms of providing meals for uh, school children. So can't argue with yeah, that. Yeah. Like, you know, I I I, I, get, I buy kids food every now and again, but they're normally my relatives and they're all normally moaning about it. So <laughs> I think I think I'm similar. I'm
2: sim- Things that I'm doing, I'm doing lots of similar things like that. All fun, doing great things. What about Idris Elba? Is Idris Elba up there? Oh yes,
4: Idris Elba is way
2: up there. Um,
4: you know, oh, no,
2: my wait, head. Here's Francis, hey. Here's Frankie hey. Hey. Uh, no. hey, Frankie, <laughs> hey Frankie. How of you started without me? Well, I, I thought we'd done our intro, so we didn't need you on. I thought that was the case, so don't worry about it. All right. All right, dude, well, you're on now with so us. In, it's so, okay. initiative,
4: taking the, the bull by the horns, as I'm sure you're very familiar with now staying in Texas. That's all Jamie was doing, just doing the cowboy, yeah. you know, leading the yeah, charge. Yeah. yeah. yeah you know. it's, it's,
2: also, also, France, what you missed out on is the fact that um, that Dane is 674th most influential black person on wow. television. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: uh, that, that a is, that That's That's a lot. It is a lot, Splash. it is a lot, yeah. It's, 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 it's down there. I mean, uh, I mean, that's not a lot. <laughs> yeah. not,
4: it's not that it's many. Not it's like... not that many. No, no. It's not that many. It's many, it's many, but it's a work in progress. It's a work in progress. It's Moving me... on up there. Is it. All to play for, all to play for. The, the, NAS, the Nas Black is always in a state of flux. There's always something to do. <laughs> that's true. Never, never rest on your laurels. Always more work to be done. So, you know,
0: I, I like the NAS back. NAS black. It's cool. I like it. It's a good idea.
4: Definitely. Yeah. And we we're just we we're just talking about where Idris Elba is. So I would say yeah. uh, currently he's probably around top five, Jamie. Um, you okay. know, I mean, that's based on, again, his achievements and accolades and also the very uncomfortable conversations I have with family members whenever his name is brought up. Yeah. Oh, Idris. And I'm like, oh, no one needs to see this dimension of your sexuality, Auntie. So, <laughs> yeah. He is sexy, though. He is he sexy. He is so sexy. It's just it's really awesome. I, I did a selfie with him once. I put it in a family WhatsApp group. And the comments, I mean, they were positive, but not in a positive that we would like. <laughs> Yeah, I Wait,
0: it's uh, idris elba and i we stayed in the same hotel once in in new york and i remember seeing him at the at the obviously we were both english but it's the only english people in the hotel uh, and I, I was sitting like down the sort of what's it called you know the where you're checking in in the hotel and uh and uh, yeah that's the whole story why oh, did they sell
4: it? sweet. Okay, cool, man. See, Jamie, that's, that's, that's that's, that is the level of, of of profile that Idris Elba has. Like, Francis didn't speak to him. He just knew he was staying no. in the same hotel. And that's enough for an anecdote. That's what people do. People will be like, there I was putting out my washing. And Idris Elba walks past the fence. You know, I didn't
0: feel like it was that cool to like, go, hey, hey, Idris, do you want to come and watch...
2: My the God, he is so used to that. Dane, do you know what is cool? Going up to Idris Elba and asking for a selfie.
4: That is cool. I mean, yes. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that
0: is cool. Do you think it's uncool to ask for a selfie?
4: Um, it depends who it is, I think. It just down to people. I mean, personally, I feel like people don't like the idea of selfies and idolatry and be like, I don't want to pester this person. But I feel like, you know, if you're going to meet Idris Elba, it's going to be a memorable occasion. and yeah. I don't know when I'll meet him again. And also, I might be like, hey, Idris. And he'd be like, have we met? And I could be like... Damn right we've met, remember this?
0: We spoke for hours.
4: Yeah, this was, this was like, you don't remember this? What happened on the day? The song that was played in the background Idris? Well, fine, Yes, I meant nothing to you.
0: Jamie's always oh. very, really mean to the people who come and ask him for a selfie. What do you mean I'm he mean like to snaps them? snaps at them and tells
2: go away. <laughs> I
0: couldn't I didn't do that I couldn't ever. That. I quite, that. It's actually quite I sad.
4: I couldn't see that. From I didn't way. do that. No, no, no. Jamie, I don't
0: know. Jamie's so uh, uh, like overly
4: nice to all of them. Yeah, I could definitely see. It. I could definitely Jamie could be like, just a 2nd oh, yeah, Of course. We'll just, let's take the picture
2: outside of the sauna. That'd be fine. Oh, we can do the <laughs> yeah, sauna? Exactly. What's up? Too? Wait, hang on, <laughs> hang on. You, you just both were criticisms. Like both were. One was just me just being overly nice. The other was just me being negative. The only time that I'd been in i so- I'd been in a sauna with someone, and it was really embarrassing. I was in, I was in the sauna with. Uh, our friend Spencer and Gary Barlow was in the <laughs> sauna with us <laughs> in his in his speedos. And Spencer went we were sitting in there and it was like everyone you know it's like big and lift, everyone's just quiet, no one says anything, and obviously it's Gary Barlow. Spencer then in about five minutes in went all right, Gary. <laughs> like and Gary Barlow said, All right, and two minutes later walked out, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> why would you say all right gary <laughs> yeah but how
0: how how long had he been in there because two minutes is you know may seem like a short time but he might have been in there for like 10 minutes already
2: also just gary isn't a name that's really carried it on has it it's Imagine naming that's...
0: your baby gary <laughs> yeah i
4: mean it's, it's <laughs> going baby extinct. gary as, as a name it's actually going extinct a lot of people less people are is it? Their, yeah, a lot of people are calling their kids gary all of a sudden so i think the name Gary and I think maybe Nigel. Like those are the names. And that the, Trevor. And Trevor. They go. They're going extinct. Because imagine calling your baby Alan, Nigel,
0: Alan. Trevor. What was the other one?
4: I feel like Nigel g- is not going well right now. It's like, <laughs> Nigel. Some of the more significant Nigels nowadays are not doing very well. Like I, I really believe next Nigel. five years Nigel will go the same way as Adolf. Like people go, I say Nigel, and they'll be like, "Are you? Have you read a history book? Are you fucking crazy? Can you want son to find love." <laughs>
2: But but I think I think there are other, like Jeffrey is probably going <laughs> to be off the list
4: as well. Jeffrey Jeffrey,
0: Jeffrey. Is... Jeffrey why? Because of Je- Epstein. Yeah,
4: yeah, I think Jeffrey Jeffrey's, Jeffrey's
2: <laughs> Donald will probably be off Donald, the list. Yeah,
4: Donald's not going to do well for a little while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Donald's going to do it little... unless you are a cartoon duck. It is not going to fly for a minute. Baron. But also... I don't imagine. I don't imagine Baron's going to do well as a name for a long Baron. time. But, uh... It's actually true. Which names All are these...
0: going to do well? Do you think?
2: Oh, Dane, uh, who is anyone else cool? Have you met another Dane before?
4: Only I've not. Have I met another Dane? Uh, I've never met another Dane, but I'm aware of other Danes, like Dane Bowers from Another Level.
2: Oh yeah, but, yeah so, yeah. And yeah, then yeah.
4: Uh, Dane Cook, the comedian in the States. Oh uh, yeah. The more, and the more,
0: the Danish people,
4: the Danish people <laughs> as well. And then 80s yeah. pop star Taylor Dane, who I have yet to meet. But uh, she was pretty cool. That was a cool <laughs> Dane. Wait
0: wait, where are you on the Dane deck?
4: that's a good question that is a real good question do you know what last year francis actually a good point because normally when i used to introduce myself within the industry i'd go i'm dane they'd go like bowers and i'd go i fucking hate you and then last year dane bowers dropped like two clangers that got him cancelled on social media and i was like i am now the dane of entertainment when, what were the what were the again? two what, clangers well, what I were the two clangers some horrible misogynistic thing and then the other one mm-hmm. was his questioning of George Floyd's innocence uh, before Black Lives Matter and then everyone was like weren't you in another level in an R&B group and cancelled wow. and then he was like I've got mm-hmm. black friends and they were like yeah nah <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah,
4: that's, where it's gonna
2: that's what every really white
4: guy says yeah exactly yeah, I've got loads of black mates which is always, which is, <laughs> yeah, always reassuring <laughs> in the same way that when someone <laughs> you get into an Uber and someone goes I've never raped anyone why would you <laughs> <laughs> I don't recall asking you anything. That,
2: <laughs> that is, but it is so funny. That is a difficult thing when when someone says you're. Ra- I'm not racist. I've loads of black men. Yeah, <laughs> it's
4: it's, it's the thing. <laughs> oh no, I've, I've got a gay cousin. I can say that something someone else has doesn't make me feel better about their offences. If I broke your chair and then was like, "Don't worry, Jamie, I've got a sofa right here at home." You're gonna be like, "Well, how the fuck does that help me? How does that help me?" I tell you what, it, it's quite, that
2: is quite, from Dane Bowers or from Eddie, that's quite punchy to, to comment on the George I Floyd I mean, all thing. the
4: things to comment on, like, people haven't yeah. heard from, uh, from um, Dane Bowers in so long, and that's the thing that he goes for. And I just, you just, I just feel like, Dane Bowers, we've not heard from you for a long time. If you're going <laughs> to come back into the four, I would lead with music, rather than social commentary. Because even when you were famous, you weren't known for your social commentary. So, yeah, imagine, imagine you're like, I'm going to peep my head up above the parapet, only to go down. I need to say that.
0: Well, also, you're walking into a gunfight, right?
4: Literally, literally walking into a gunfight (laughs) armed with nothing else other than the platitudes from your Facebook friends. And it's like, you would have been better. Like, Dane Bowers could have been eating kangaroos in a jungle and would have been so much better off.
0: I, I have to admit, I don't know who Dane Bowers uh, even is. And there
4: you go. You don't we you know
2: Dane Bowers? Dane Bowers is great. You, he's not great. He's obviously no, not great. All right, Jamie. B- B- oh, hey, that's, that's it. Nice one, <laughs> Nice yeah. one. Yeah. Things aren't going well like that. I don't like his music, but I do like his recent political commentary. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
4: <laughs> don't care for his music, but the message. <laughs> <laughs> now, Dane, so Dane Bowers was a was the lead singer of the group Another Level. Okay, yeah. And then he... I don't, know, some I don't
0: know what another level. He is yeah,
4: so he had a solo career. He had a solo career uh, with a song with um, Victoria Beckham when she went solo called um, "Out of oh. Mind." And uh, where was he,
0: I when all this was happening?
4: I'm probably getting educated or something. I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> 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 probably getting educated or something. When, when, you know, when, what, what? when was this? He also and he also famously went out with uh, Katie Price.
2: Oh. Yeah, he did. Back,
4: this is when she was still known as Jordan. Um, and mm. then they had a sex tape that leaked. So it's just been uh, win yeah. after win after <laughs> win. 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 <laughs> win, win. win. <laughs> the killed has just it. been knocking them out of the park.
2: <laughs> How do you know
0: so much about
4: yeah, Dane Is it
0: because you have the same name?
4: Yeah, I had I had to learn. <laughs> I had to be like, is this what it takes to be a successful Dane in entertainment? Is this what it means to be a Dane in entertainment? There's so many cool Jamie's and Francis all over the place, and I look up the closest Dane to me. Anyway, I'm the Dane. Uh,
2: do you know what? Because the whole Black Lives movement movement was incredible and powerful in so many ways. But there were lots of, you know, there were a lot of people, especially sort of uh, white influencers who thought, I'm going to get a part of this. And they would then turn up in the crowd yeah, yeah, exactly. make fools of themselves because they didn't even know why they were there. Yeah, basically showing a- up
4: or, or doing the black square. And then, yeah, a lot of weird performative uh, activism where they, you know, put up a fist with a mask on and be like, that's my job done. Well, well changed. Back home. What's your view on that, Dan? Do you have a view on it? Because it's, it, you know, it was a big thing, right? Um, I mean, so far as uh, the the input from influencers, as I, I guess it's it really it's really done to who they're influencing. I I, mm-hmm. I think raising awareness to people that were previously unenlightened is important, and sometimes that can come from the most uh, non-conventional places um, or unconventional places. Sorry, but I, yeah, I, I think it, it, I do get quite cynical when. You know, you look at the background of other people and I'm like, well, there's no point in like saying you have solidarity with this and then showing discrimination to people in every other walk of your life. It doesn't really kind of make yeah. sense. Or if you're continuing to feed into a system that perpetuates this, it doesn't really make any sense. Like, you know, for me, it's as simple as people who like, were maybe like, well, I think there's an issue with black on black crime. Yeah, but you sniff coke. So who do you think they're fighting over? <laughs> so it's, it's, yeah. it's, really, it's really a chicken before egg kind of situation but um yeah i mean i, I mean for the main thing for me is uh you know there's always going to be naysayers or detractors and people always will tend especially the times we're in now people always tend to attach themselves to an ideology because i guess people are always trying to find meaning especially on social media where it's very easy to be lost in a sea of what is true democracy people want something to rally behind so they can kind of stand out so it's just. I think it's just kind of a normal phenomenon that, like, if there is a, an issue, and a lot of the time oppression or struggle is normally how we define our humanity by. So normally people want to get involved in that, and be like, I was part of that as well. It's it's very the same seems yeah. like you know when people yeah. say, I don't know how well we're gonna do this year. I'm like, I didn't see you play for any football team. What do you mean we? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah if your yeah. team wins, you don't get a share of the money that they win the Premier League with. So. You know, well, I think also
0: like people, people, humans are are we are social creatures, right? Exactly. We're, we're designed yeah. to be in, in in a tribe, right? And and when you yeah. when you know, if you remember at the beginning of the uh, of last year, we were all kind of locked down, separated from all of our friends, and felt very isolated. Yeah. So so you know, I think there was this there was this big movement that everyone felt like they were like oh we can we can join in on this and it's and i think people were also looking for a way to vent their anger as well at the system that was that was imprisoning yeah. them right yeah,
4: exactly and it's, it's, and it's exactly that and i think it's all part of it and i think uh in this instance this incarnation of the uh, black lives matter movement kind of was a, yeah really probably is the one that was a lot more reminiscent of previous struggle for civil rights in that as it continued then you know it began became a part of a larger conversation about inequality and discrimination. Mm-hmm. And, I, and as you said, uh, Francis, I think it definitely brought to the fore a lot of dis- disenfranchisement that a lot of people have. And I feel that, you know, if you can have a conversation about inequality at a very binary, in terms of very binary terms of the haves and have nots, then it allows for everyone in between to be able to vocalize their stuff as well. So obviously I have complete solidarity with BLM as a movement, but it's also allowed me to be a lot more aware of some of the subgenres of issues of oppression that I may not have been as aware of. So for example, the fact that people have to emphasize that black trans lives matters deals with the fact that even within the black community, we may have to address issues of transphobia amongst people. Because if you are a black trans person, you are dealing with two um, forms of uh, discrimination. Doesn't mean because you are dealing with those two that one of them that I identify with is any less. So I think it's quite, it's pretty good in that respect. And uh, but yeah, the main but for me the main thing is that I feel I feel okay about it. I people will do their part as much as they can. And I think even if it does seem to be performative or even paltry to some, it's still better than people doing nothing.
3: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
2: Yeah, it's interesting. Dave, have you ever uh, felt any discrimination ever in your life, in your career, in anything at all?
4: I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, loads in 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 so many different ways, and and it kind of varies. I guess obviously, race would be one of the overarching points of discrimination I've dealt with from my whole life, and to the point where you know, it's almost dealing with racism as a black person is. It kind of almost becomes uh, atmospheric in that you it's like I breathe in oxygen and racism because it's a, that world of world society. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's something you always have to factor in. And it can be at very extremes. I believe like for most people's experience, most black or brown people's experience of racism, it's like, uh, it's like losing your virginity. It's like you don't forget your first time. And I think depending on how that experience is, that will determine how you proceed as an adult. Some people, uh, I mean, most frequently what you'll get is wow. two scores of people that I suppose choose to ignore it and uh, maybe rise above it or try to thrive in spite of what they might perceive to be uh, racial rhetoric or discrimination. And then, you know, some people, I guess, like myself, whereby when I looked at that as a structure, it was like, well, this structure has no real factual or scientific basis. So it was more of a point to demonstrate by example how it can be dismantled and also just just to choose to exist and thrive in uh, opposition to stereotypes about you. So, yeah, I've I've dealt with it quite a lot, man. That's probably been the main one and oh, fuck yeah. it's 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 insane cuz my
2: you know i i i you know i haven't felt or or experienced discrimination but then i was talking about this with my girlfriend and her sister and they're you know their dad's from the middle east Mm -hmm. and so you know they're middle eastern and um my sister's girlfriend said she had it when she was first she, she first went to university they went to a club and uh they were going into the club and they were being checked and the guy in front of her turned to my my girlfriend's sister and said um you better check her she'll probably have a bomb on her yeah. And and she had and she was so upset she had to go home. She couldn't go out for two weeks. It really hit her. And she said, you don't understand the impact it has on an individual when someone is no, I don't uh, think most racist do. or whatever towards them. It really, it really hits them.
4: Oh, definitely. And, and the thing is, it's um, it's interesting to say when you say you haven't experienced uh, discrimination. I think that's been a big part of the shift in the narrative is that when people discuss white privilege, it's not always about like these advantageous parts of like you get better jobs or more pay. It's almost a privilege of oblivion in that, you know, you, you know, Jamie, as irrespective of your race is like, you know, I don't go out and aggress anybody or pick a fight. I'm not a bad person mm-hmm. and I don't invite any negative energy. And so by that merit, then I don't want to cause any harm or be, or be subject to any kind of harm. And it's well, how most people, most human beings will try to live their lives. But, you know, this is, this is this is the real uh, complex and I guess the real plight is that if I have the same uh, horizons as you, I want to be a nice person, I want to interact with people, I want to be a friendly person. But if, irrespective of that, some people will already make a judgment of who I am and therefore then choose which place in society I remain in just to be, because of how I appear. So even in that story where you're like, oh, it's terrible because my um, girlfriend's sister couldn't get into the bomb. Mm. I was thinking, well, at least she got in. Because I remember going to university and they just take a look at you and you go, you're not even coming in tonight. And I was was I, serious? I grew up in London. But yeah. when I moved to the north, I was just in West Yorkshire. So I wasn't even like in mm. Scotland. I'm in West Yorkshire, where my family live. And you are getting turned away from nightclubs like it's Jim Crow. Like, I remember what? being in a nightclub in Leeds. They'd have like a dance room, like uh-huh. an R&B and hip hop room, and what's called a cheese room. Because I mm. found out that cheese is not only an amazing delicacy for white people, it's also a genre of music. <laughs> and <laughs> would dame ballers be under cheese yeah uh, yeah i mean he's 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 a cheese king i, I wasn't even aware that cheese was a, a genre of music that could be enjoyed for a whole night and people go into rooms and they listen to like theme songs from film from tv shows that they like and they dance yeah, well. yeah, yeah, yeah i didn't yeah. know people did this in like i mean i know people did it Why well, you
0: I, didn't want to go to that nightclub anyway <laughs>
4: yeah in, in, in your living room i knew you would do that i like in your living room you might dance to the theme of friends i didn't know you'd pay to do that in a nightclub with your friends the theme of friends. <laughs> That's what people give to be, be like. This is my song, so no one. No. you like, well, and it's like the love life. Get your way.
0: What well, people actually go and they say, I'm gonna go to a night cheese room. And
4: find, yeah, and I'll go yeah, to the, the cheese, cheese room. room. Yeah, uh... and it's like people doing this to like the countdown. Did it? Did Ah, love my life. <laughs> I'm like, happening here
2: i'm like what is going on here (laughs) and you got turned away
4: and i got the cheese room so they're separated and i was and there's the cheese room and i think i was looking for my friends and the bouncer was literally like we're not having guys like you coming here to mess with these girls so and that's this is this is this is is in the 21st century and 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 i can tell you any black male living anywhere past birmingham can tell you about this experience i wasn't even aware that it was that bad and I got there and I was like, this is insane. This is like real Jim Crow. Like, and there's stories of those things all the time. And, and What was, was your
2: response? Do you have a response or do you just walk off? What do you, I mean, what you do know, right.
4: your response would be like, you know, what the fuck is that based on? Literally, I, I remember being in a nightclub in Bradford, a guy saying I can't come in because I'm wearing trainers and a white guy literally walking past wearing trainers. And I'd be like, what about that? He was like, yeah, but those are like uh, running shoes. And these are like rubber shoes. And I'd be like, Come on, buddy. Just if you don't, I I would actually rather you be honest, so save myself some time rather than come up with these stupid reasons. But normally, but it'll always, be, it'll always be stuff like oh, there's a there's an R&B club down the road that I think you'll enjoy a lot more. And this is and this and this is an example of this is all with. Uh, so you may have heard of District Nightclub in Piccadilly. Yeah, yeah. 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 This yeah, will yeah, yeah. There was a big scandal about uh, District Nightclub not allowing and uh, black women of a particular yeah yeah, and then yeah being boycotted. Yeah, 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 yeah and then ironically eventually shutting down due to a fight that took place between uh Albanian organized crime uh members. So, but yeah, it's it's a common thing so I mean I've dealt with that discrimination all the time. I've dealt with a lot of discrimination in comedy as well because I mean comedy like like as an industry will reflect society especially because it's such a uh a, a person intensive kind of uh industry. But
2: but in comedy in comedy I would say like you know so, some of the legends that that I know that I grew up with in comedy, uh, you know Chris Rock, yeah, yeah. And, and you know and and all and all these guys and and so and but so that they it feels like they were the sort of you know Eddie Murphy was uh, one of the biggest freaking insane Absolutely. right and it's so still, like, it's still
4: one of the biggest Kevin Hart is one of the biggest but and, and this Kevin Hart it's such a good point you bring up Jamie because this has been a big part of my plight and a real and this is probably one of the uh, big uh, points of industrial racism within entertainment is that one of the very good ways of dealing with racism through discourse has been comedy. So normally when you find, uh, you know, people from immigrants or non-white people living in the UK amongst themselves, we tend to kind of make jokes about stereotypes that we are, that are basically projected onto us or stereotypes that we're aware of us. And then we kind of challenge those with each other. And this is how you kind of rapport build and you can, and it's almost in a way you're kind of celebrating it and, so far as comedy, like we all know that America's social fabric, you know, America's known for being very overtly racist. But what they've had is that America's always been comfortable with a black presence in their homes. This is part of their legacy of slavery is that even though it's an overtly racist country, having a black person in their home by method of working in oh. their home as a domestic or actually being on TV, it means if you were someone who wanted to know about the black journey in America, you can see it. Whereas in the UK, mm. particularly over the last 20 years, this is a presence that kind of disappeared from TV and is only now beginning to reappear largely due to a lot of success of Black creatives on social media or online. Mm-hmm. So, but what it means is that like in America, because you've had, we had Chris Rock and stuff, but even going far, as uh, you can go as far back as like, uh, Dick, Dick Gregory was like the first African-American on TV. They've had like Flip Wilson, mm-hmm. Red Fox, Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, yeah, yeah. Chris Rock, mm-hmm. Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle, yeah, man, those, yeah. So they've had a long legacy whereby if you are someone, unless you are rigidly refusing to acknowledge Black people, you can watch it and be like, okay, so I have an idea of what it's like. So I have a mouthpiece in the same way that like people will have their misgivings or preconceptions about, you know, the trans community or the LGBT community, but now they'd be able to see so many other different devices whereby they get a bit more of an insight into that lifestyle and into that community. The problem with the UK is that this has not happened in this country, whereby most people, if you ask them to reference their most known black British comedian, they'll say Lenny Henry. Now, Lenny Henry has been the prominent comedian as long as I've been alive, as long as we've all been alive. And that means that there's not been any kind of evolution. Plus the fact that Lenny initially was an impressionist means that his jokes were being written by Oxbridge writers who themselves would have had no real connection to the Black community. So what tends to happen with a lot of Black comics when they begin to prosper on uh, mainstream TV is that because Black audiences for so long haven't seen someone that represents them, they're kind of like, well, that's not really for us. And so there's a massive disconnect where... Black comics that enjoy mainstream success find it very hard to connect with black audiences and black, black comics that have built their audience amongst black people find it hard to kind of transcend onto the mainstream because it's been this goal for so long whereby there are a lot of people in the UK who not because they're racist or discriminatory but just by the merit of geographics do not see a lot of black and brown people very often. If you live in, if you live in County Durham or in Darlington you just don't see a lot of black people. They just don't live there. This is not a bad thing. This is just a function of demographics. The majority of people in this country are white. So what you can do is that if you watch TV, you'll be able to get a direct narrative about the life of being a black person in the UK. But within the UK, all you see that happen normally is is with sports and entertainment. Now, if you're watching an athlete, you only get a really of a soundbite. They don't really talk about who they are. It's about what they're doing. In the same way with music, it's very much linked to youth culture. So again, you're getting only one dimension. Comedy is very different because normally, when we're being like weird with each other or when people are trying to get to know each other, any kind of public speaking, normally you use comedy to kind of ease the tension. So, mm. because Britain has been deprived of that for so long, it's that's why there's such a schism whereby it's like we don't know. And if we only and if, if you are a white person living in somewhere like County Durham, and the only time you see black people on TV and they're either running or jumping or kicking a ball or they're rapping and they're like in their 20s and you're in your 30s and you're out age, and the only time you see black people on tv is if they are on tv discussing racism and nothing else and they're obviously pissed off you are already building a mind a, a image in your head where you're like well i can't talk to, talk to any black person because they're always gonna be pissed off and think i'm racist so how that manifests to me is that like if i perform comedy and i perform to a white audience they might want to come and say oh that's a great show but they think oh if i speak to him i can only speak to him about black stuff so how do i begin this conversation so they'll be like Oh, hi. Uh, yeah, My uh, I work with a guy called Winston. He's from Jamaica and uh, he works in a building site with me. He's a nice guy and we're friends and we have our coffee together. And I'm like, you can just talk to me about the weather like anybody else. Or you've got, had so many people that's been deprived of having the tools. Because if you'd if you, if you never heard Spanish as a language your whole life, and then one day someone okay. came and speaking Spanish, you'd be like, huh, what the fuck are you talking about? And it's almost the same thing whereby it's like, if you've not seen yeah. a particular aesthetic for so long on TV or you see it in media and you only see it in one incarnation, then, they're gonna see me and be like, "Oh, Dane, how, how do you feel about knife crime? I don't know. I don't live near any knife crime, but they've been taught that this is what they link it to. So that's the real trying problem. to relate yeah. to you, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Dane, listen, like, because I, that also, you know, that leads us on to uh, your show, right? Because this is this is like a this is like a big thing, right? Not only for for yourself, but I, I just think it, it's insane that you've written and created this, this show. It's called Bamus right? Isn't that right? Uh, BAMAS. Bamous, sorry, pronounce wrong. Bamous, <laughs> but but it's but it's insane, and and it's been ma- well, like received incredibly well. Yeah. It's on BBC iPlayer um, and BBC Three. Um, but isn't that epic that you've got something? Firstly, to get something like commissioned and during this time, and it's and it's aware and, and being created and being received as it is, you just over the moon.
4: Absolutely, yeah. No, I'm very happy with the with the uh, reception so far. But yeah, all the stuff we're discussing before is the reason why I created Bamous. So. For those who don't know, famous is a show I kind of came up with and it's been, I've been developing it over the last three years or so. And it's just basically a, a word that means black and famous. And it comes from, like I said, that uh, angst that you get as a black creative whereby it's like, do I have to dilute who I am in order for me mm. to prosper to a predominantly white audience in the UK? And at the same time, it's kind of like, should, uh, you know, there's been a lot of my predecessors have had success in the UK and they probably have a place resonating in the hearts of many white britons but they don't have any any reference point either so again it was really about me trying to create a format which bridges that gap whereby you know i'm aware that before me you would have had a a richard blackwood or stephen k amos or you know even with bbc's alumni alone where you've had like your chris akabusi's and you know reggie yates and you know you just had even i mean even like going as far like you know floella benjamin going back as far back as that or rusty lee like whoever like even these people have gone before me themselves have had success because they've been able to resonate with a British audience. So yeah. I guess the idea of the show is to remind people that, you know, there's not, this schism is not as pronounced as mainstream media and news would lead you to believe you've had black people and Brown people around you your whole lives. And it was never that big of a deal. And so the idea of the show is just to uh, recreate that anthology and remind people of that. Like, you know, whether you are generation X, whether you're a millennial, even if you're a boomer, at some like, I'm black. I don't listen to Shirley Bassey. It's normally old white people that do. But she's <laughs> of but so by that token, you know, she's validated as being a success as a black person in the UK. So to me, Shirley mm-hmm. Bassey is famous, and I I wanted to create something where it's like we should recognise her achievements, how she's contributed to black and British culture in the same way that Idris Elba has today, or like yeah. you know younger rappers like are doing tomorrow. So for me, it's like it's really about linking those icons and the, uh, their fans and essentially creating a complete whole state whereby it's like, you know, we should be where Americans are. I'm not saying that it will solve all the problems immediately, but this point where we, we don't discuss race relations or racial tensions in the UK, there's no need for us to do that because we're seeing yeah. all the time that not only are a lot of our creatives proving their talent over here, they're going to the US and enjoying massive success. You know, I, I, mm. I feel like someone like Daniel Kluwer, for example, Daniel Kluwer, when he was in the UK, could barely get like a Radio 4 show, show off the ground. Goes to the states and in the space of like less than two years becomes an Oscar nominee, and yeah. so for me, it's, what? Yeah, that's what, that's What, it, it, what, it, what is, that? What is
2: that down to though? What's that down to? That you just think it's well, London, London Hughes said.
0: was trying to get a show over here for like what, like
4: ten years or something. 10 years like that. And then she, years she, to she goes over to, to the states, states and
0: gets something in like it's a Netflix what? special, and she's yeah, one of David
4: special. Spade and Kevin Hart. Or you know, yeah. you look at someone like David Ayerowalo, like again, would have had a few bit parts in British formats here and there. You go to the States and they like they want you to play Martin Luther King. Like that is yeah. you know, or like Idris Elba, you you know, your acting I guess is not that valued in this country. You go to the States, you appear in the wire, arguably one of the best TV series yeah. celluloid, and then you go on to become a part of the Marvel cinematic universe. Like this kind of these so these people could so it proves that it's it's not a meritoc- meritocratic issue. People are obviously very talented and they've been able to, you know, remunerate their talent around the world. It's just we've had a very long time where I think there's just been a a wedge driven between, and it's been like about 20 years, if I'm honest, where if you've if, if it's been 20 years before you've seen a balanced amount of black people on TV, that's a whole generation who will be like, well, I just, like I said, I have no idea of how to interact and members of industry who themselves, like anybody else, I don't know how to interact with a black person and therefore I wouldn't know how to promote them or develop that talent. So it doesn't tend to go anywhere. So Bemis, I wanted it to create that format. So it's like, this helps everyone. This helps people that no longer who who are, who don't know how to broach conversations about race. People who definitely have black icons they look up to, but maybe are scared to say it nowadays. And also, it's to show like you know black audiences that we are not separate from um, black British culture. We're on the BBC because it's a fee-paying institution. If you are paying towards this, you should have representation. So, yeah, comedy's always, for me. Comedy, one chance says comedy's always been a very good form of honest politics. Also, yeah, you know, you're learning about and breaking that
0: tension, you and know, breaking because that obviously t- something like a, 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 the discussion that we've been having over the past uh, year or so, uh, you know, it, it's built up a lot of tension and, and charged the issue. So a lot of people, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, I felt it going to like a, uh, a party after uh, the lockdown when it was, you know, obviously everything was going on. And it was like this thing that no one was kind of like talking about but it was like this charged issue in the air right and it yeah and that's the thing like and, that.
4: and, it's, and it's become so palpable now it's like i suppose Baymus, i want it to be almost like a lightning rod to just harness all of this energy all of this tense energy and have that yeah. conversation and it may be uncomfortable at first but i think it's a conversation that needs to be had and, and as i said jamie i think it has to happen in these binary states because originally Baymus as well was also supposed to be like a parody of this new acronym which means bame which stands yeah. for black asian minority ethnic now the thing is it's a very uh, reducive term to be like people are a minority ethnic. Like, what does that even mean? Because if, yeah, oh, yeah.
2: What does that even
4: mean? Exactly. If your partner is like, you know, of dual heritage and maybe has Anglo and Arabic ancestry, being called a minority is, is not a particularly accurate way of describing that person. Or by the same token, you know, if someone maybe bought that way or maybe has grown up in India, that, that might be, like even Asian, like Asian. Well, like,
0: that's, that's like, the thing you wouldn't, for, for example, I actually have. I have black and Indian ancestry, right? And I wouldn't yeah. describe myself as a minority, right?
4: Precisely, yeah. So, or well, you would people wouldn't people wouldn't automatically
0: <laughs> think that I was a minority.
4: But yeah, but it's an interesting point. Is that it's it's when we use these very rigid terms to describe people, like people would be surprised who shares like dual or mixed ancestry more than you even think. Like, for example, yeah. Ryan Giggs has black ancestry. Maybe a lot of people mm. like that Tom Jones. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. uh, I mean, Ryan Giggs' like,
2: dad is black, right? Exactly Ryan yeah. Giggs' you dad guys, is you guys black, had yeah. had
4: Vic Hope on here the other day as well. So Vic is of dual heritage. And like, you know, you look at someone like Vic Hope who was on your podcast before. Yeah, Vic I love Vic. He's like half Nigerian, half English. Yeah. He used to live in Newcastle. So it's like, there's too rich a tapestry there to reduce it to like four letters, so.
2: And and same with Maya, Maya's like Swedish. And, 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 she, and Somalian, uh, yeah,
4: Maya Gemma's yeah. Somalian. So it's, it's like, the as the world is becoming a lot more diverse, it's, it's not so much about coming up with new words to describe everybody. It's more because that's the thing is we are nowadays as well. We are contextualizing our existence within social media, and so people tend to be like, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this, almost. So we kind of present ourselves in a way where it's like, this is how you'll be able to read me with the algorithm. My name is Dane. My pronouns are he and him, and I am a black male and blah blah blah. Yeah. And what we're spo- and really that like, you do that in comedy at first. But really, we should be discussing our commonality rather than our differences. Because we're all um, one, really. You know, we're yeah. one people. We're humanity. We're people, yeah. And 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 right. is kind of and on a larger scale, Baymus is kind of approaching that conversation that like these people have been significant parts of Britain. Like you know, mm. people love um, Chris Akabusi's laugh. Everybody used to love Shadow and Gladiators. You know, people love Floella mm. Benjamin, Martha Stewart, yeah. was recognizable voices in the news broadcasting as is Trevor McDonald. And you know people in, identify with all of these iconoclasts all the time. And you have done before there was all this big talk about what makes someone black and how racist is the UK. So i just want to kind of create a whole new format where we're like, it's almost So some people will be like, this is this is Black Britain 101 and introducing mm-hmm. people to a culture that they've probably been obscured from for a very long time, but not doing it the way I'm like, I'm Dane, you're dumb and racist. Here's why it's just more of a question of like, you know, we've been here for ages, guys, and this is kind of how it works. And this is what this is. So I'm almost, yeah, I'm almost kind of being, for lack of a better expression, it's, yeah, approaching it like almost like a documentarian and more like a David Attenborough thing where it's like, look at the richness of our culture. Yeah, Yeah. amazing.
2: And you've done that in abundance, but in three years' work and then getting it away and being received that way, you should just be so proud
4: and over the moon, right? Oh, no, yeah, I'm very happy, man. But like, as I said, uh, it's because I recognise the uh, political aspect of it, I definitely want Bamus and for people to uh, understand that I operate in Bamus as a civil servant to the people. Like, so the Nas like, as for example, and I'm like, you know, Marcus Rashford is at number one, Idris Elba is at number two. If you don't agree with that, I really want to welcome the feedback from audiences and to stimulate the conversation. Because yeah. by doing that, people will be like, well, I think I like Kano, I like Skepta and he should be in there as well. And the way I want it to work is that the more that people want to reference icons they believe should be on the Nas Black, like, the more these names are continuing to appear in a narrative about british culture so the more people are like this is bullshit vic hope should be up here then you should be 774th if you say that to me though i will block you you'll be so blocked <laughs> all right i'm doing my best everyone wait <laughs> <laughs> so, so you
0: compiled the the nas black
4: yeah i mean i initially compiled in the, the initial one but i think i want to make it a uh the function of the nas Black is going to be like an algorithm which takes into account like you know how many hits someone gets when you search their name in search engines versus Mm -hmm. likes they accumulate views, they accumulate on the Internet and then mix that with like, you know, their goodwill, philanthropic work. And um, and then, yeah. And then after all that, it comes down to the people. It's a people's poll. And like I said, I want to create a genuine and honest uh, political conversation about identity so i want that to kind of be ongoing so speaking of identity May. What, May do thi- ethic,
0: what do you think what do you so what qualifies one to get on the, the nas black if i have black ancestry could i get on the nas are black? you trying to get on it francis francis is
4: trying hey, to get on, on it francis funny you say that we do have a specialist that um do oversee the curation and the addition <laughs> to the nas black so if you do have some ancestry i'm one I'm
0: percent bantu. to one percent bantu. to
4: hey that's a start that's a start listen yeah remember when adele did her hair she was she had bantu knots that would have made her one percent as well so, you know <laughs> this is gonna get on, on the nas it, <laughs> it could happen it could happen because <laughs> I, I guess the other idea is, is that you know in many ways race is a construct and so you know it doesn't necessarily mean because somebody has a particular complexion that they mm-hmm. directly serve a particular culture and it doesn't mean because somebody's white that they aren't you know what we now recognize as an ally so if you're an ally of a certain level of significance Francis, Jamie, there's no reason why you might not appear on the Black, No reason.
2: I would just find it hilarious if Francis got onto the Black and he was higher than you, Dave.
4: Oh, you know <laughs> <I'm> what, Jamie? <laughs> <laughs> probably will happen. Now, if you in my luck, it will happen. They'll be like, oh, Francis, he's got band ancestry. He's in Texas. You know who comes from Texas? Beyonce. 312. Be I'm like, this is bullshit. This is
2: bullshit. Actually uh, mate, Dane, listen, honestly, guys, go and check it out. It's on iPlayer on BBC3. It's a, it's a great watch. And, Dane, honestly, buddy, congrats to you, dude, because yeah, this huge, is, huge you know, it's a it's a really funny take, but it also highlights and doesn't shy away from these serious ideas and issues and things like that, which is just insane, and that's everything that you want. I think it's also most.
0: important to break the tension and to remind everyone that we are it, yeah. all, you know, Let's we're all attention. here together and we're all one.
4: And that, And that really is the point, man. I think it's always been for those men that believe it, it's been, you know, in some ways uh, Britain's real commonwealth, amongst its people at least, has always served, you know, as our cosmetic, you know, and given us a good status as our cosmetic. Like even for example, I always say, you know, you can look at British music, for example, compared to the rest of Europe. Like we have a healthy black influence on our music. That's why it's so good. It's why it's reported around the world. That's why 10% of all world music streaming right now is from British artists. Out that black influence, that music would be Eurovision. And no one gives a fuck about Eurovision <laughs> on Spotify.
0: Is there actually Eurovision on Spotify?
4: I'm sure there probably is. Yeah, the fact that you don't know, Francis, means your mind is going to say we should try and find this music. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Dane, listen, buddy,
2: thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Honestly, yeah, you're just educating you know, us all on all of this stuff, and so I really appreciate it. And good luck with the show. Honestly, everyone, go and check it out. It's freaking amazing buddy thanks so much i really appreciate everybody we're gonna see you next week bye -bye. bye
3: Powers the world's best podcasts.
4: Here's a show that we recommend.
1: Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl.